Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Oh, hey there, Andrea Seidel here. I am the founder of SYKM, which is a wonderful resilience course, platform, and community. And I am so excited because I am launching this whole entire membership community base. So if you feel like your light has been turned off, that the switch has been turned off, I promise you that there is a bulb in there and that we can get that sparkle back. We can turn your light back. Back on, we can increase it, we can enhance your life force and give you a voice and help you tap back into your power. So that is what this whole entire platform is for you. It's a membership platform that actually includes the resilience course, and it's all based on science. It is based on the scientific study of human flourishing. So it is a wonderful program that's been proven to enhance your well-being and I do not want you to do this alone. I want you to come over and join our community. We have amazing workshops. We have a Live Life Happy Cafe full of amazing interviews with reputable people from their fields that can support us and help us bring our power back. So please, 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 if you've not been over to our website in a while, you can visit us at www.savingyouiskillingme.com. And please join our Facebook support group, which is also Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. And you do not need to feel isolated. You do not need to question all this bizarre behavior and think that you are alone or going crazy. You know, it is such a different situation when you love someone with an addiction and I hope I can help you reclaim your power. Come over to our community and just know that you are not alone. There is a whole bunch of beautiful individuals here to support you on your path and your journey. Now let's go back to our normal programming. Hey there, Andrea here. I hope you're doing as good as can be. I am the author of Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. And I always say, I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, but I am so happy and thrilled that we found each other because you don't need to do this alone. It is so hard loving someone with an addiction and in a lot of people's cases, losing someone to addiction. Uh, And so that's what we're here for. That is what this whole podcast community is all about. It is all about making sure that you don't feel like you are alone, making sure that you know that we are here for you. We are a community that knows this turmoil all too well. So today's episode, I'm really excited about it because 
I cannot tell you how often I had this energy of shame. So have you ever felt like you wanted to just disappear, like you're completely embarrassed by your situation, or you even just want to pull yourself away from the connections of other people, basically out of shame? So when you love someone with an addiction, it's very, very common to feel traumatized, to feel flawed, to feel like a victim, and also to feel quite frankly, quite embarrassed about your situation. It is so common to feel shame. So that is what this podcast is all about today. It's all about shame, shame, go away. And you know, the expression come again another day, but we don't even want it to come again. But we do want to recognize first and foremost, that shame is actually an emotion that's meant to keep us safe. It's meant to make us make good choices and decisions. So shame does have its place. The only problem is, is that sometimes shame is chronic and it is something that we move into when really it's not serving us in a, in a really fantastic way. So shame can be defined as a feeling of embarrassment or almost like humiliation it, that might come up from situations or for, from the perception that we've done something wrong or that we failed at something. Now, does that sound familiar? Because I don't know how many times I felt like I failed this relationship. I failed, you know, in my marriages. I know I had two, uh, really long-term relationships and I, I sometimes would go in this energy of shame. Like I was so embarrassed that here's another relationship going down the tubes. Anyway. So this idea is, is that it's this feeling of embarrassment or humiliation, right? In a relation to something that's going on, or maybe something that we failed at, or the perception is the key word here is the perception that we've done something wrong or that we have failed at something. So while it doesn't come easy for us to feel compassion or to express compassion towards um, ourselves, it's easier to express it to others. This is the number one thing we need to be doing when we have this idea of shame. So during these times of shame, it is so important to stop self-shaming, to stop blaming, to stop those feelings of guilt. And I, the reason I chose this topic this week is because last episode, we kind of touched on this idea of shame. We shared a story of strength and resilience, and we talked all about and a lot about shame. So I wanted to do a second podcast here, just kind of backing it up, sandwiching up to that last episode so that we can really process and learn how to deal with shame, right? So today it's all about shame, shame, go away, four steps to stop that self-shame spiral. And we know about that spiral, right? That spiral down um, when we feel like we just want to go kind of hide from the world. So self-compassion is one of the most important tools that we can use when we are going down that shame spiral. So, but what does that, what does that mean? What does self-compassion mean? So compassion is more broadly about an awareness that maybe someone is going through distress or that another person might be experiencing difficulty and they might need some help. They might need some kindness. They might need support. And so self-compassion then is basically taking that same sentiment, that same regard and applying it to ourselves. So everyone needs support through our journeys of healing, through our journeys of growth, through our journeys when we love someone with an addiction. It is so hard. And so everyone needs this 
support. We cannot do this alone. But the great news is, I'm gonna, I should say and instead of but, so we cannot do this alone and we can also offer that same level of support and it can come from within. And that is what self-compassion is. So think of self-compassion then like not as a destination, but it's a tool on your journey to healing and growth. It is a tool that we can use and that we can draw on, especially when we go down that shame spiral, right? So for example, even like, you know, in my own self-love journey, like I still get moments of shame when I, you know, talk about my addicted loved one, you know, who disappeared. Um, also when I talk about my new relationship after these two failed relationships, I have this energy of shame that can kind of bubble up. It kind of, you know, comes out of, you know, hiding. And so I can easily go down that shame spiral and it's because I'm human. So, but being aware of these sensations, you know, and knowing, feeling and knowing what this sensation of shame is and where I feel it in my body, I usually, I kind of tap into inviting myself to release the feeling of shame and to ground myself in the stability of the present moment and ground myself in the amazingness of the boyfriend that I have now that I would not have had if I didn't go through what I went through and kind of getting back into this idea of, of awareness. So knowing when you're catching yourself, when you're moving into the, the emotion of shame and going down that shame spiral, right? So from there, you can allow yourself to really learn from shame, to really honor it and know how to process it. So that is basically what we are going to talk about today, right? So how do we do this? How do we learn how to slow down in these moments and kind of nip shame in the butt (laughs) so we don't go down that shame spiral? So let's talk about it. So did I say three things? It's four steps, four steps. So the first step that I highly recommend is to see things from a third person perspective. Now this sounds kind of crazy, but it's almost like it's hard to be compassionate to yourself. But when you flip it and you make it like there's a third party or a third person, it's amazing how you can start imagining your, like it's, it's like what you're experiencing, that energy of shame, think of it being told to you in a third person. So basically like, you know, if you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I have this this thing about relationships and I have this energy of shame that, you know, I'm divorced now twice, blah, blah, blah. Say it from the perspective of someone else telling you that. So whatever you're going through, pretend someone is saying that to you and look at it and respond to it from a third person. That is how you are going to really tap into this self-compassion. So that's because most of us, we can imagine offering compassion to someone else a whole lot easier than we can offer it to ourselves. So usually that strategy works really, really well. And it works a lot for a lot of people. So from there, you can then ask yourself, how would you offer compassion to that person? So whatever they're going through, see it from a third person. And then how would you offer them compassion, right? How would you support them? How would you offer kindness? Um, And so that is key. That is a wonderful tool. So it turns out that being seen and being acknowledged and being supported, those are the key parts to the equation of dissolving 
dissolving shame of really supporting someone and helping people uh, and individuals, including yourself. So acknowledging and supporting and just being seen is really, really crucial to help, you know, go working through shame and embarrassment that might be coming up for you. And then supporting yourself or supporting yourself and taking those actionable steps that help improve your situation. So that being said, fostering self-compassion is not easy. It is challenging. So before we move forward, I want to just honor that fact to really focus and let you know that you are human, that self-compassion is like a muscle. We need to practice it to get stronger at it. So really just honor yourself first and recognize that the fact is that you're willing and you're open to practice and getting better at self-compassion. So here we go. So that's the first step to see it from a third, see your shame from a third person, third party perspective, and then think about how you would offer them support. How would you let them know they are seen? How would you acknowledge them? How would you support them on their path? And that is the first step. So the next step is amazing because it's all about using affirmation to practice self-compassion. Now, This is a really fantastic tool because many of us who struggle with self-compassion also struggle with is this idea of self-doubt or this, I call it the self-doubt monster or inner critic. And um, that voice just keeps coming up and it kind of is really powerful and it comes up in unexpected moments. So with that in mind, you know, you can think about some of the common shame monster or the inner critic phrases like, I shouldn't feel this way, or how could I be so stupid, or why can't I do things like other people, or how come my relationship is going this way? You can see how that is not good, right? And that that really creates more shame. So our inner voice, that inner critic can actually cause a lot of shame. So the idea here is to practice phrases and and affirmations that are full of self-compassion and, and really talk back to this inner critic. So just by flexing the muscle of practicing this new skill of cultivating self-compassion is like be impeccable with your words. It really requires us to talk back to that shame monster, talk back to that inner critic or delete, delete it, cancel, cancel, I always say, and make that inner nurturer, that, that voice that is a nurturing self-compassionate voice stronger and louder than that voice of self-doubt and the inner critic. So that is important, right? What are some of the, what could some of those affirmations be? You're like, it makes sense that I feel this way, or I'm allowed to feel however I want to feel, right? My feelings are valid. They're telling me something. That's It's a wonderful, compassionate way to kind of state things. So watching those things, like I'm never too old or I'm never, you know, um, I'm, it's never too late to find a loving, fantastic relationship in this moment. I feel, and you fill in the blank and in this moment I desire, or I'm needing, I'm feeling it. It makes sense, you know? So it's like just offering support, uh, even though I feel this way, I am a, I still love and accept myself fully. I love that one. Even though blah, 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 I fill in the blank. 
I still love and accept myself fully. That is a challenging one, but I invite you to use it. It's so good. Like if any of these that I'm saying doesn't feel natural for you, that's okay. Just come up with your own, maybe write them in a journal, maybe write them with dry erase markers on your mirror in the washroom or on a, on a board whatever works for you, right? Create self-compassion statements or affirmations that feel more natural for you. And that's really important, right? Okay. So another step, the third step is come back to your body. Oftentimes we tend to embody the emotion of shame. We don't realize it, but it is an emotion that is affecting our bodies physically. We might hold it in very different places. So there's a huge mind-body connection. What we think, we kind of have it lodged in our body and we feel it. We feel it into our body. And so learning to process emotion is actually can be challenging, but one of the things we can do is come back to our body, right? You might feel so disconnected from your feelings. And so it's not as easy to recognize this, but sometimes we suppress them and we hold them in our body, right? We suppress them instead of feeling them, but I always say in my yoga classes, what the mind forgets about, the body remembers. So the key here is to notice it, right? It sounds obvious, but we can't process emotions without first noticing that we're having them. So being mindful of uh, these emotions and being mindful specifically because we're talking about shame, that energy, a bit of embarrassment or, you know, um, feeling just that energy of shame and then noticing that where is it that you're feeling it in your body? And, and that's the key, right? Is the key to notice where you might be feeling that humiliation or that embarrassment. And where are you feeling it in your body? And so being mindful of that. So when we learn to process emotions and we can go into those uncomfortable feelings at times, that is when we can become more resilient. That's when we can really honor, okay, this is where I'm feeling it. So it's accepting these emotions for what they are, right? They are in our bodies. We, that, and the expression is it's energy in motion. It's energy emotion. And so the idea is emotions are communicating something. We need to do something with them. So the idea here is to feel into this emotion without judgment. So oftentimes some people might suggest, you know, drawing pictures of a little body and like coloring with the color you feel, where you feel shame. So I'll ask you right now, where do you feel shame in your body? I feel it in the base of my skull, in the back of my head. I feel shame in my chest. I feel shame in my belly. It makes me, my belly hurt. So it's really important to just like wear, just get quiet enough and mindful enough without any judgment. And then like, and also what color would shame be to you? For me, it's a little bit of red or it's blue. Um, so the idea here is just getting aware without judgment and noticing it and coming back into your body, embody that emotion. So you notice it and that's the one of the first steps as well. So then I love this step. The fourth step, try moving or move into action. This is the part of the energy in motion. So of course, um, you know, it's not necessarily drawing and, and necessarily coloring stick figures and telling where the emotion is, but there's so many ways that you can move. So feel into movement, put that energy in movement. How can you move shame or emotion uh, out of your body? And so... 
this is important. This is one of the fantastic pieces and, and, um, closing that stress cycle, we need to, um, run, right? Like our bodies are wired when we're in the stress response and shame kind of brings about the same energy of stress. And so here, of course, it's all about going into ideas that feel good. And what comes to mind for me is I remember dancing in my, you know, in my bedroom with my middle finger up because I was like processing anger and like, just like dancing away to some music that just makes me feel, you know, getting that anger out. And so we can pick songs that feel really good to you, dance. You can move into, you know, journaling. Journaling is a flow, a way of getting that, that emotion out of your body onto paper, out of your mind. We can run, we can walk, we can get out into nature. We can breathe. We can call a friend. So these are the elements of moving into action or moving your body. And these are wonderful ways to help us process shame, right? So processing emotion is really important. You could do yoga. I know like the yoga is a lot of contraction and expanding, you know, connect and letting go. Um, yeah, so really, and I know one of the, the fun things to do is have a rage rave or a temper tantrum and just like put music on where you're just having a, you know, um, getting out those emotions of shame and anger and frustration. And it's okay. It's okay to express your emotion. In fact, we're supposed to. So there you have it. Like, how are you feeling now? So whatever it is that you're feeling, there's no judgment around that, but simply just meeting yourself where you're at at every given moment. If you move into that energy of shame or that emotion of shame, and you're going down that shame spiral, I invite you to try these things like working to release any judgment or expectations that you might be placing on yourself and really go from a place of self-compassion a source of empowerment. When we go to a place of self-care and love and recognize the common humanity and everything, it is so powerful. Feel like you've been seen, feel acknowledged, um, you know, offer yourself kindness. So this is it. This is like flexing a muscle. You're going to get better at it the more you practice. So finding self-compassion and, and using it is a wonderful a source to support you that can lead you through whatever shame might come your way. So see things from a third person perspective to shift yourself, to help you turn that compassion inward on yourself. Use affirmations that are, that, that can help practice self-compassion. Notice the language and how you're talking to yourself and then come back to your body. Notice where you're feeling emotions and then move into movement. So try moving and take some action and that will be so empowering. So that's about it. Shame, shame, go away. Four steps to stop the self-shame spiral. I hope that this helped you in so many ways. I am so thankful for and grateful for you being here. And again, like I say, I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, but I'm so happy and I'm so happy that we found each other. Take care, everybody. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening. If you want additional support, you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com, where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. 
And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.